Huh? Hello, Chris! Are you ready to start the podcast? Yes? Today at Ready's Kid Animated, we're talking about the evolution of Mickey Mouse! <laughs> Stay tuned! Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation and storytelling. And today, Mickey Mouse. I'm Chris Leva. <laughs> I'm Mackenzie Whirl. <laughs> I, I was going to say it eventually. You got there eventually. I, I got there eventually. And today we're talking about, we're doing a study of Mickey the Mouse. Chris's favorite childhood pre-Roger Rabbit thing. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, eh, okay, you got there. Um, I mean, I did love uh, the Goofy, because Goofy is pretty amazing in his physical comedy. But I, I think a lot of my life, um, a lot of my comedy comes from the Goofy how-to cartoons. How to swim. How to swim, how to ski. How to ski. Those are just ingrained in my brain so if it's a if it's a structure of a i think i wrote a short play that was essentially a goofy how-to cartoon where it's just a narrator speaking and a guy like walking around and doing things that the narrator wasn't saying i said (laughs) he stood up with energy i love that guy i love the disney (laughs) how-to narrator um but today we're talking about mickey mouse um, who I adore and is actually currently Jack's favorite character. Ooh. Um, he, Jack loves Mickey Mouse and always wants to watch Mickey Mouse. And I think Jack just recently learned the word cartoon. He's always said, I want to watch a show. I want to watch a movie. Tonight, or you know, earlier... I was like, Jack, do you want to watch some Mickey Mouse with me? He said, yes, I would like to watch some Mickey Mouse cartoons, Daddy. Mm. Was so like, can he differentiate between cartoon and real life now? No, he cannot. <laughs> <laughs> he, think, he knows that cartoon is a different kind of real life. I, th- I think he thinks that cartoon just means movie, like a short movie. <laughs> he understands that the things are shorts, things are short, things are long form. So he knows that. If it's almost bedtime, he can't watch a full episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So can we just watch a cartoon? Which is, I think, his way of saying animated short. You know, I don't know. It's a, it's a little different. But Jack loves Mickey Mouse. And we got this idea about the evolution of Mickey Mouse from two super fans of the podcast that were visiting me. And I was talking to them about Mickey Mouse and things and um, Justin and Rebecca, who listen to every episode. Thank you, Justin and Rebecca. So we needed a second, another episode idea, and they were talking about Mickey Mouse. And we just started, it's like, wait, we should totally do that sometime. How about like now? How about let's do this? (laughs) Let's make it happen now. That's right, fans. Your feedback leads directly to episodes. It does. Brand- Several times. Brandon, Elise, I think a lot of different people have said, why not an episode about that? We've said, yes, 
That's so much better than what we were going to record. Let's do that. <laughs> we're so desperate for your attention that we will do anything you suggest. So keep suggesting things to us. Um, where did Mickey come from? Let's, let's start there as we discuss Mickey Mouse and go behind the ears and, and see who Mickey Mouse is. I think a lot of kids know Mickey Mouse because of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Which is a fairly modern thing, but it's been going on for a number of years, right? About 10. About, wow. Yes, it just ended. Um, last year, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse came to an end. Um, and we were a little afraid because that's right around the time when Jack was getting really excited about Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, but the Disney Junior app has plenty of episodes that he's able to watch and rewatch. Um, so a lot lots of, of new to him episodes. Exactly. Um, and then he'll watch the same one over and over and over. So it's not new to anybody at any point. <laughs> um, but he, Mickey Mouse is known to be, uh, for a long time, Mickey Mouse was just the symbol of Disneyland or the symbol of Disney. You knew Disney from those iconic three ears. <coughs> three Pardon? ears? Three circles? Three circles, I mean. Not his three ears. I meant his, those <laughs> iconic three circles, his ears and head silhouette, which is probably one of the most easily identifiable symbols in the modern era. You put, For sure. I mean, Jack will al always say, hey, there's some Mickey Mouse clouds, or hey, those Mickey Mouse apples. Hey, Mickey, like anything where it looks like three things together like that. It's like, hey, look, it's a Mickey Mouse ice cream. You know, it's, it's just there. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's something that's super identifiable, super easy. And it comes from the graphic style from the 20s when Mickey was created. A very simple, very black and white. Um, and they needed a character to replace Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, whom they lost to Universal. Um, they didn't have the rights to the character, so they fulfilled their contract made the shorts that they were going to make and then walked away from it to create their own studio. And it was essentially just Walt Disney. I should say, <laughs> I don't want to say just, yeah, it's just Walt, you know, sky Walt, sky Walt. Probably don't know him. <laughs> and, and of Iworks who, and who was actually came up with a design for Mickey mouse and Oswald. So it was essentially the studio was basically the two of them creating this and coming up with the idea for a mouse. They had, they were trying all the other animals like horses and cows and other things to try to find the right one. And there's part of the lore that there was a really nice mouse at the studio that was t pretty tame. So, like, why don't we try a mouse? I don't know if that's true, but it's out there in the lore that there was a really sweet mouse, and they drew a mouse, and there it is. 
This just goes to show you, you can't become a multi-billionaire if you believe in government regulation for safe workplaces. <laughs> That's what I've learned from this episode of the podcast. You're welcome. While Chris is laughing, <laughs> he's going to be our Willy Wonka-esque tour guide through the magical journey of Mickey Mouse today. Uh, and I am going to be the outside... Skeptic isn't the right word, but the outsider who didn't really grow up with Mickey Mouse. But of course, like everyone does, knows who Mickey Mouse is. I think I probably saw maybe two Mickey Mouse things before like 2009 I don't know. And that'd be Fantasia and um, probably Runaway Brain. Mm-hmm. And that's it, maybe. Um, yes. So I have grown up with the Looney Tunes, which, of course, are the the not officially rival, rival shorts of the Silly Symphonies of Disney to the Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes of Warner Brothers. Um, and these are very different, and seeing a lot of the Mickey Mouse shorts in the last 24 hours, um, Mickey Mouse is far better animated, and clearly has a bigger budget, and is a lot tighter with the audio timing, mm-hmm. for both voices and sound effects. It's a very high-quality production. Watching some of the shorts from the 30s and 40s, like, I didn't believe they were from the 30s and 40s. No, they are, they're gorgeously made. The, the timing is impeccable the the style and design they look terrific they stand up against anything being made right now theatrically to be honest Mm -hmm. the animation quality they one thing that walt disney was always big on was advancing technology along with the artwork and knowing that technology had to get better for the artwork to get better and vice versa. So there was always that push. And Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie is his first appearance, 1928, is the big push where we see the very first sound cartoon with synchronized sound and music put together in Steamboat Willie. So it's Mm -hmm. this, I'm pushing the technology because I want to make a certain experience for the audience, and they push that and make it as good as they can at that time. this is the first Silly Symphony, right? That makes sense with the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it it markets exactly what it is. It's a symphony. It's emphasis on the music for the cartoon. And because, you know, they, they had something to move along with, and because... Voice wasn't as big or as much, especially in Steamboat Willie, you don't get a lot of actual words or dialogue. You just get, ah, woo, yeah, ah, think kind of things. All, all done by Walt himself, who is the very <laughs> first uh, voice of Mickey Mouse, of which there have been, which is amazing that there's only been five. Since, wow. Since Walt Disney, there have only been five voices. Oh, since Walt. Uh, so six total? Nope. Uh, no. Counting Walt. Ah. There have only been five. And two of them are from the last four years. 
do they like take turns or like they just bam bam like like they go through them like popes nowadays no they're <laughs> we're, we're like doctors in doctor who at this point <laughs> um no actually um what happened what happened was they had um the animated shorts the new mickey animated shorts that started in i believe 2013 where they changed the style of Mickey, which we'll get into, and changed the pace and did some other stuff. Um, they have Chris Diamantopoulos. I'm so sorry, Chris. The other Chris. Um, voicing Mickey at this point. Because right before this, Wayne Allwine, who had voiced Mickey from way back, pretty much the 80s, um, had recently died. Hmm. So there was this, we have, they had this new product or these new shorts coming out. So they got um, Chris to voice him, but he was not the official voice. The current official voice is Brett Ewan. Iwan. So for all the, the branded stuff, the video games, things like that, that's Brett. Yes. And then because the new shorts are a different style, we have Chris doing a slightly different voice. It sounds pretty similar to the official Mickey voice. It's very similar. It's a little harsher, a little um, higher than current Mickey. So if you if you watch something like the the new shorts and then you turn on an episode of Mickey and the Roadster Racers, which is something I want to discuss, uh, <laughs> which is the new series that came out in January, uh, you can tell a marked difference between the two the two mickeys not just in um style and attitude but also in voice and pitch and quality and tone hmm. i mean we all think that mickey is simply just talking really high and that's that's one thing but there's also certain attitude that goes along with mickey mouse and there's just the language, which uh, I can transliterate onto paper, but I can't do the voice as evidenced in the intro to this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not supposed to say, mm-hmm. No, I was, I was agreeing with you, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. So talk a little bit about... So we, a lot of people tend to take Mickey Mouse and put him up against a character that they think is similar in terms of being the studio's um, head or figurehead, like Bugs Bunny. So you take mm -hmm. Mickey Mouse and say, how is Mickey Mouse like Bugs Bunny or dis dissimilar to Bugs Bunny? And then you get that rivalry. And p some people say it's the difference between Disney and Warner Brothers themselves as far as the... You know, people say, well, Looney Tunes is funny. Disney cartoons aren't funny in the same way that Looney Tunes is funny. Yeah, I think it, it's different emphasis on what they were trying to go for. Like with the Disney ones, as I mentioned, they're much higher quality of animation. It's pushing the technology forward. And the Looney Tunes, especially the early Looney Tunes, like, do not look good. Like, they are not pretty. Mm -hmm. um, but I think... I don't know if it's Warner Brothers or Chuck Jones, but Chuck Jones really had a focus on story and what they were trying to do 
both in terms of the image of what they showed you and the dialogue that was happening and the story that happened there. It's a very Aristotelian story of the unity of place and time and all this fun drama 101 things from college. Um, and the Mickey shorts, at least the early ones, the early ones being like the first 40 years, <laughs> um, are, like you said, they're fun. They're focused on having fun. There's not necessarily a plot, but there's like simultaneous jokes being told like i watched the 1937 short hawaiian holiday and goofy's trying to surf and donald is trying to like enjoy hula skirt dancing i don't know and mickey's like hanging out with minnie and like they're building each joke simultaneously but like not towards any joint point right and in a lot of ways mickey is best when he's not talking a lot in a lot of the earlier cartoons, it's just Mickey getting into situations and Mickey doesn't say a lot, just a lot of physical comedy. Disney ends up being a lot of physical comedy. Things like characters getting their foot stuck in a trash can, essentially, or, you know, oh no, this is stuck on my butt. Ah, I fell over again. <clears throat> and also turning into these um, Rube Goldberg machine-like, <laughs> you know, um, especially I think of a short like clock cleaners where things just end up getting more and more complicated in terms of how are they going to get out of this and how is this clock spring going to fling somebody out the window to get them stuck on this one little rope that gets them stuck over here and Mickey's going to pull it and try to get Goofy back from being knocked out and so it, they like the complication of that and the the design of that um and i mean mickey started off in a lot of ways in the early black and white cartoons as really mischievous and rambunctious and really closer to what we would think to behavior that's more suited towards bugs bunny mm-hmm you know, I think he like at one point. I think he lifts like Mickey Minnie's skirt at some point and does some other really racy kind of stuff. Like, what are you doing, Mickey Mouse? He's like holds <laughs> holds Minnie, tries to give her kisses, and he's has a little bit more force behind him. And I think some of that has to do with a, the animation having a lack of subtlety just in general. I mean, Bugs Bunny wasn't out at this point. Um, in the early 20s. And then we get a personality change in 1935 in the short The Band Concert when Donald Duck appears on the scene. And I, I think you sum it up right of the personality shift because they're taking what's successful in Mickey and as he grows, they're kind of spinning off these different personality aspects into different characters because you do get Donald here, which you're going to talk about. But also I think Goofy takes a lot of the slapstick away from Mickey and makes him much more respectable as a character. You're right. They, they are able to do things. This sounds so awful. They're able to do things physically to Goofy that they can't do to Mickey. <laughs> There's something about having Goofy fall down that's funnier than having Mickey fall down. I don't know if people empathize empathize so much with mickey that they're like oh my gosh check on him see if he's hurt 
<laughs> and Goofy, it's like, oh, he'll just bounce back. <laughs> you know, like, oh, isn't that funny? He just got himself hurt again. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's something like if you imagine. Okay, so let's say Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, the three three musketeers there, are standing under a window, and somebody has a bucket of paint. That bucket of paint goes falling, which is funnier, that it hits Donald, that it hits Mickey, or that it hits Goofy? Because I'd be expecting Donald's reaction, I would go with Donald personally, but the actual like event itself, I think Goofy. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what I would have <laughs> said. Donald's going to be funny because of Donald's reaction, because Donald's going to flip out and go crazy. Goofy will get hit on the head. The bucket's going to stay there for a while. And he's going to say, hey, what happened? And like, <laughs> I don't know where you went, Mickey. You know, he's like, oh. And then he'll like end up falling down a, off a cliff or something. <laughs> you know, with something like that. That's where we go. Mickey, you hit him with the bucket of paint. He's going to fall and sit down and be like, oh, poor me. Like, I... Like, pull it off his head and look dejected. And everyone's going to yeah. just feel bad. A bit like the beginning of a short. Like, the, it wouldn't be the punchline. The paint falling on his head would be like, okay, now we're going to have a dream short with Mickey. <laughs> right. It knocks him in the head and he, uh, you know, <laughs> goes off into this world of color. Like, he t- it turns into Technicolor or something. He's, he's Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz style. But it's, you get, I, I think it's a very perceptive way of saying that the likable parts of Mickey got outsourced to other characters starting in the band concert where Mickey plays um, second fiddle to Donald Duck. Not literally, but figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> and There are fiddles involved, but neither of them play. Right. Now the, the hero, and this just goes back to the story of the hero is only as good as his or her villain and in a lot of ways mickey's original villain <coughs> pardon me in steamboat willie in the early cartoons is peg leg pete oh now known as just pete um who may or may not have a peg leg depending on the short exactly um and then his nemesis becomes if at first in the band concert donald duck and so, in order to show that contrast, Mickey has to slow down a little bit. And Mickey doesn't get to be as big anymore. He's a little bit more subdued, a little bit more subtle. He's just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. He just wants to have the band concert, have it go off well. But he can't, he can't change the world around him. And he can't stop things. And I think the more that he tries to do the right thing, the more everyone else in the world doesn't. And also it allows for things like Mickey is just, I want to say he gets tunnel vision. (laughs) Mickey Mouse gets tunnel vision in the worst way sometimes because all he wants is this concert to go off and Donald can't, stop it from happening and a tornado can't stop it from happening 
Mickey will just keep going. When other characters would stop, Mickey is still trying to do the right thing. And it's, for lack of a better thing, he's just going to, I want to this to be a success for everybody. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, Mickey, um, the shorts are in color by the band concert, 1935, but Mickey himself is still, um, if not white, very pale with the black beady eyes. Yes. Um, the one that I mentioned earlier, Hawaiian Holiday, he's more of the, the tan skin color, but the same kind of black beady eyes, which is kind of a cognitive dissonance for me of like not knowing what to expect because Goofy and Donald look much more like their 90s counterparts in the 1937 short, but Mickey still had a while to go. You're right. And it's not really until Fantasia on screen that Mickey starts to really... I mean, there are a couple of shorts before that, but... Fantasia, they solidify Mickey for the screen and make him a little bit more expressive for the screen by actually giving him eyes. (laughs) And while this is a massive milestone in Mickey's history, you can listen to our episode on Fantasia and the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, Just pause this episode, go find that one, listen to that whole podcast, and then come back here if you want the full unabridged history of mickey mouse right we we won't get into fantasia as much right now (laughs) (laughs) but i did want to talk about probably my favorite animated short of all time and i know that it's still silly and i watched it again today and i know there's not a lot to it (laughs) but I, i think uh and it has two problematic you know racism jokes uh, oh. <laughs> that, are, that are not as bad as they could be, but still not the greatest. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, it's Symphony Hour from 1942, so two years after Fantasia, and they're trying out another design choice on Mickey, which is having two-tone ears. So it's trying to give his ears depth. And also in around this time, in a year or two after this, his ears become less circles and a little, little bit more extended, almost into rabbit ears in a weird way. But still keeping the lighter color on the inside so it looks like he has ears that are three-dimensional and not just black discs for ears. Yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, it is unnecessary, but they're they're trying something out. But uh, can we talk a little bit about Mickey? Who Mickey is in Symphony Hour? Yeah. So what what was your? Had you did you get to watch Symphony Hour? I did. Um, I do like it, and it's it's not. It's not two different shorts, but it has like two different halves of this short. Um, and so the first half is very much like a lot of the the Mickey Mouse cartoons up until this point where it's like, okay, they're doing the song, we're listening to music, we're seeing like all the characters do like funny things while they're doing this. Um, and then there's a plot point kind of in the middle of the short 
And then they're going to go play Big Symphony Hall. And Goofy, for some reason, is in charge of all the instruments and breaks them all. He drops them under the elevator and the elevator comes down and crushes them. And in typical Mickey Mouse fashion, they decide to go on and do the concert anyway. So this is a classic like sketch comedy setup of like, look at this one normal thing and you see the entire thing all the way through the correct way and like, okay, that's cute. This isn't really funny, but like, that's a, that's a thing. And then something happens and you see the same thing again in a completely different light. Um, if you're going to compare it to a play, it's like noises off. I was about to say, it's very much noises off in that sense. Here's how it's supposed to go. So now that it's going to go so wrong, you can see just how wrong it is. Yeah. And that is exactly what the short is. Like it's, it, it really is a transition from just classic Mickey and music to Mickey and funny, I think. Um, I don't know as much about the history of Mickey between like the 40s and the 80s, um, but this seems like when it really started to get an emphasis on funny and plot, at least from what I've seen. Yes. Um, Mickey usually ended up not being the thing that was funny. I'll, he got even overshadowed by Pluto. So there are episodes like Mickey and the Seal, where a seal follows Mickey home and ends up in his bathroom. And it's called Mickey and the Seal, but most of the episode is about, or most of the short is about Pluto encountering the seal and going, barking at something, and Mickey coming in like, hey, be quiet, and then leaving. (laughs) So Mickey is just playing second fiddle. He's like the person who's the straight man to everyone else being funny and having an adventure. And in Symphony Hour, he gets to be a little bit more expressive. So as these characters are playing with these crushed instruments, and as Jack said, they're doing a bad job (laughs) with playing the music. They're not playing good. Like, yeah, I know. Um, he's still trying to conduct and still trying to keep himself, but he's getting nervous and his collar is popping and he's going a little crazy. And you see Donald Duck looking at the want ads, trying to like, <laughs> I got a, I, we're totally losing our jobs over this. I need to get a new job and tries to leave. And then you get probably the, the most uncharacteristic Mickey moment in an animated short which is Donald is packed up his music. He's trying to leave and Mickey's like, get back to your spot. (laughs) And Donald kind of, you know, shrugs him off and keeps leaving. And Mickey runs over, pulls out a gun and points it at Donald. Like, get back to where you're. Get By the back. way, we haven't seen any guns in the short up until this point, and there are no guns after this point. There's just Mickey Mouse with a gun. Yeah, he just has a gun, pulls it out. It's like the most Looney Tunes moment of get back over there. I'm going to blast you. And <laughs> forcing Donald Duck to get back to his spot and finish the piece. Um, but it's just this look on Mickey's face of this devilish, like, I swear, if you don't get the, through this, I will shoot you now. 
it's it's the it's an amazing moment that is feels in the moment but out of character if that makes sense yeah so because you've made this assertion that you love this short and it's your favorite short of all time tell us more about like what what makes this your favorite short ever made um i as a kid i loved the the way that they changed the music i love the first notes and i love how much it sets itself up for the for the gag like they take their time they take a lot of time with it they start off playing this beautiful symphony bum 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 like that's how it's the the short starts and you see mickey mouse just looking elegant and then you hear the announcer who i believe is the same announcer from the goofy how to cartoons cuz he has just this velvety voice of and he raises his baton and we hear and then you just hear me 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 me, me. and it's just so satisfying to hear these broken horns sounded like kazoos blah, 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 blah. it's just so bad <laughs> you just see mickey like what is happening <laughs> what is <laughs> what is happening and a lot of it is the acting of mickey of i just have to get through this i just have to get through this if we just make it through this everything will be okay i know that Pete is going to be upset and I know that I'm probably going to lose my job but we just have to make it through this. Um I just love that it's done. You don't really hear Mickey talk and I just love that it's all Goofy's fault. <laughs> like because of course if you leave Goofy in charge of the instruments they're all going to end up broken. So it's just Mickey through no fault of his own gets is going to end up getting the blame and it's just Mickey losing all control over this situation and the music is just so silly and I think I just love the music and then it changes from the way it was in the beginning and just turns into this weird jazz song at the end of it <laughs> just for no reason but it's just it's just really really funny i i i just think the fact that it tears apart the seriousness that it takes itself so seriously for so long that it can then be silly it's just that perfect balance that's why i still love it and I, but i think i just like the silliness of it and the unexpectedness that you don't see them playing with the broken instruments until you first hear the broken instruments. You like to hear things. Yeah, I, as we've learned. I love the audio of it. Yeah. It's just wise words from Chris Leva. It's just that it's just that surprise. It's just that surprise. He lifts his baton and we hear. <laughs> it's just really really satisfying i don't know why that sound <laughs> it's just really satisfying but mickey mouse here is just him at his most um 
I don't want to say vulnerable, but he's <laughs> most <laughs> desperate. Desperate is, is where he he is at this point. I mean, a little bit more desperate in the next thing that we can talk about, which is uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol from 1983. I mean, being in a Dickens novel is, I think, probably the most desperate you could end up. But uh, depends which, which character in the Dickens novel you are. I suppose. I assume true. Mickey is, I haven't seen this one. I assume Mickey is Scrooge. Mickey is, what? Are you being I haven't are you being I haven't seen Mickey's Christmas Carol. Are you being facetious right now that Mickey plays Scrooge? I, what other character is he going to play? If you're going to have the titular character in Christmas Carol. Mickey plays Bob Cratchit. Oh. Because uh. who is going to play Scrooge other than Scrooge? Okay, Donald Duck. No, Scrooge McDuck plays uh, Scrooge. Is that where Scrooge McDuck is from originally? Uh, no. Is that where he started? No. I thought DuckTales was after that. I don't know what he's from originally. He's originally See, from I, comic books. Oh, I need my my non-Mickey character history of Disney now. <laughs> when we talk about the new DuckTales, we'll uh, talk about we'll do a character study of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And this is very appropriate that Chris is saying when we talk about the new DuckTales, right. we'll <laughs> talk about it at least once. So Mickey's Christmas Carol, where he's playing the Bob Cratchit character, and we actually see Mickey acting, and there really is nothing funny that Mickey does. It's a fully dramatic role. I mean, that's not true. He, it is funny when he's asking for the piece of coal, but I think his performance is, I'm going to say this, and I'm, I might get um, in trouble for it, but his performance as Bob Cratchit is leaps and bounds above Kermit the Frog as Bob Whoa. Cratchit. Whoa. Okay. I can't I can't argue that since I haven't seen the Mickey version. But I must say that Muppet's Christmas Carol is the definitive adaptation of Christmas Carol. I don't know specifically if Kermit is better than Mickey, but Muppet's Christmas Carol is the best one. And I'm just saying Kermit has nothing on Mickey's performance. In Mickey's Christmas Carol. Nothing. I'm willing to watch this and uh, take this up with you offline. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's short. It's not very long. But the the end with Tiny Tim, Mickey is just, uh, he's Oscar worthy. Like. Is this going to be our next Christmas special? Like Tom Hanks would lose to Mickey Mouse in this performance. Tom Hanks would play Mickey Mouse in this performance. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Tom Hanks as Mickey Mouse. As Bob Cratchit. As Bob Cratchit in Mickey's Christmas Carol. Starring Tom Hanks. Starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> I would so watch that. But um <laughs> like not no hesitation. Here's my ticket. Um, but we we get Mickey. They're trying to do Mickey in starring roles, but it's. I think they have the same problem with Mickey that they have with Superman, which is how do you get drama out of somebody who is always trying to do the right thing, the good person. Mm -hmm. How can you create drama from somebody who's 
sole purpose is doing good and doing the best they can. Is this a leading question to the next thing? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would definitely say like you can get that drama and think it took the 90s to discover how to get that drama um, for people. Back when we thought the, the worst thing that was possible was the 90s. Little did we know. Ha 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 So you got all these like dark and bitter jaded cartoons at the time and like Batman the Animated Series is of course after Prince and the Popper from 1990. But um, I think that Prince the Popper kind of falls in the same vein of starting to look at like the dark side of things and like being a little more I mean as as jaded as a Mickey <laughs> short can get. Yes, yes. It, it's it is one of the darker ones. It's also a longer one. It's round. It's over thirty minutes. I'm surprised this was shown before a movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it felt like its own movie. Like, well, I'm good. <laughs> I've seen my <laughs> Disney movie. I'll, I'll, I'll see ya. Don't think I'm in the right theater, guys. This is not Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> and it's like twenty minutes in. <laughs> Is this still going on? Like, there's a, there's still like a portion. There's a coronation scene. How, how long is this? But, but yeah, you have you have Mickey who wants to change, tra- trade lives with the prince, and Mickey in a dual role as prince and the pauper. Sort of. I think it's I, very specific that they have chosen that the popper is named mickey and that the prince is not named mickey yes because mickey as the character that he is he's the everyman so he's the poor person mickey's not the prince you're right as jack says the real mickey (laughs) is the poor mickey the the mickey who's starving who does things right even though everything is wrong in his life and then you get to see Mickey be funny and rude because he's also playing the prince in that sense. But really not. So Mickey is able to be Mickey and be funny at the same time because he's in his dual, dual roles as Mickey and not Mickey. It's a little strange. It's a little strange, but you get to see that Mickey as the prince is very unlikable. Yeah, but he, he he's seeing things. Right. He's learning. Right. But I think the thing that, that happens is you are rooting for poor Mickey because that's the lovable one. That's the one who's just trying to do right and that scene with the king when you know the prince and the popper have switched places mm. and mickey is the prince and the king calls him in to talk to him that's a really mickey always finds himself over his head and when <laughs> when mickey is sheepish when mickey has gotten too deep into something like Fantasia or any of those classic ones, that's where I think Mickey excels is when Mickey is humble or humbled. 
that anytime that Mickey shows any kind of ego, it can start to cause a dissonance with his rounded edges. His rounded ears. Yeah. Yeah. So um, should we also talk a little bit about the pacing and things that changed also in the 90s, a little later in the 90s? Yeah, as things get darker, um, and as reading about the, the controversy surrounding our next short, Runaway Brain, from 1995. Controversy? Or, um, about how people thought it was too dark for a Mickey short. Yeah, it, it gets a little... I forgot how dark it got. It does, and I think your first sign that's dark is that Kelsey Grammer voices the villain. That's, that's your clue there. Dr. Frank and Ollie, which is yeah. really fun nod to the animators. Frank and Ollie. Ollie. Mm-hmm. But also it sounds spooky. <laughs> I was trying to think of how I saw this short because I was reading the history of like what movies it showed before. Because it originally showed before... Um... Oh, which movie? It's something that I haven't seen. Do you know which one this originally screened before? I can't remember Okay. which one it, screen, it was. It screened before something Mackenzie didn't see. And then it screened <laughs> before different movies internationally and made the rounds. And then it screens before something that Mackenzie and no one else in the world did see in 1997 in the U.S., George of the Jungle, which is how I've seen this short. It took me a while oh to figure gosh. out the full circle of that one. Because I was watching it like, this is really familiar. Like, I'm seeing some memories. This is the Mickey that I know, like the... The wacky pacing and like the little bit more of like a young 20s, like fresh out of college hipster sitting in the dark with pizza boxes playing Snow White, the fighting game. <laughs> like That's that's the Mickey that I know. Yes. Um, and this is also, funnily enough, the final theatrical short for the next almost 20 years until Get a Horse. And in that case, Mickey made the move to, I mean, after Runaway Brain, that's when Mickey moved to TV. Yeah. And children's programming. Mickey can be safe for kids. Kids can know Mickey, like little tiny kids, and we'll keep it really small. And um, I mean, Mickey had always had a TV presence all the way back from the 50s and things. But this was, you know, taking all the edge from Mickey and making him soft and walking plush. And Disney, uh, you know, Mickey, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which I can't watch with Jack. I just cannot watch that show. Too basic? It is too small in terms of thought and everything and he learns things and he gets excited about things but my gosh does it not challenge in the same way certain things do there's no plot and it's not exciting it's slow and i'm sure it's exactly what those kids need but <laughs> it feels like it makes daniel tiger feel like Shakespeare. <laughs> like, 
like the writing of Daniel Tiger and the way that the emotions are in Daniel Tiger feels <laughs> like there's a lot more drama happening on Daniel Tiger than in any episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Nothing against it, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I cannot watch that one. That's one of those, hey, you can watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse while I go empty the dishwasher. <laughs> it's not like Doc McStuffins like, hey, you want to sit down and watch this together or something? Is that the secret to like knowing what shows are good and bad as you're looking back at your childhood? Like, did the parents stay in the room to watch it with you? No, it was a bad show. That's uh, what I, that's what I'm finding for myself is that the ones that I will not watch with Jack are the ones that, yes, I will do all of these other errands while you consume that piece of entertainment right there. And I will uh, move on with my life. But um, Mickey, there's three other things after one Runaway Brain to talk about that are a little bit bigger we have the mickey mouse shorts that started in 2013 which are mostly available on the mickey shorts app which i can't say that i love enough it's a wonderful app download from the app store um watch mickey mouse to your heart's consent consent content of old and new shorts do you consent to as much mickey mouse as you can handle yes yes a thousand times yes (laughs) I these the the new animated short started in 2013 on the Disney Channel. There was only supposed to be about six or eight of them. They were going to do just a couple of short ones, one from each country, and they started off with one um, in France, with Mickey trying to reclaim croissants for Minnie's restaurant. And then one that took place in Japan, which Jack loves because it's Mickey and the Trains. Can we watch Mickey and the Trains? Um, And then, so it moved from that to just new animated shorts starring Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, and Minnie. And it, they're, they're at a frantic pace. They don't slow down. They're a little more, um, I would say, typical cartoon violence and sometimes a little bit more grotesque. Yeah. They are aimed certainly older than Mickey House Clubhouse. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I'm missing up all my words now. Yeah. Um, they pull a lot from classic, but it's it, they kind of take like a... If you could save, like, Ren and Stimpy as an Instagram filter, that's what they've applied to Mickey Mouse. Yeah. In terms of the look. Like, Goofy in particular has, like, a an off-putting redesign that I think expresses his character more, but he looks, like, kind of disgusting. Yeah, Goofy is the one thing that I can't really get behind on the animated shorts. If it has Goofy in it, I probably will watch it once. And then not watch it a, a second time. He's just, he's so like droopy. And he yeah. looks like he's hes like a wet dog all the time. And I think the humor of Goofy for me is like, yeah, he's slapstick, but he is so optimistic and like 
in the face of it, I wouldn't expect like this kind of wet dog look that he has in this. Yeah. But overall, I do like these shorts as like little eye candy. Yes. And I think the thing about them, uh, they, they go back and they give Mickey tunnel vision again, where he's trying to do the right thing, but then the terrible things happen. The thing that they allow Mickey to be in these, they allow him to get hurt. They allow him to look crazy. Like there's, um, I was showing a couple of my friends the episode where, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called like Split Decision, I believe. Where I think I watched that one. Mickey takes Donald to Professor Ludwig von Drake and they remove Donald's anger. And Donald's anger actually manifests itself into this giant duck monster. And you see this look on Mickey's face of horror of, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> it's this amazing, his pupils are tiny and his, his mouth is just, uh, just deformed into this horrified expression. Like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? So uh, I would recommend that episode, but I also enjoy the episode uh, No. No is a good you, one. Did you watch No? I did. I love No because it's it kind of sets you up to think that it won't end the way that it does. It's has the humorous premise of like Mickey saying, "You know, I can't say," and he can't say no to anything. So he, all these people keep taking advantage of him. So he goes to Donald to learn how to say no. And you're like, oh, Mickey's going to end up like being a jerk by the end of this. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. And then he learns to say no. And like immediately everything he says no to, like the worst possible decision. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he finds a way to say no without saying no in a polite way in the end. <laughs> Yes, I, I do. He finds his way to say yes. Like, yes, like, I do mind. <laughs> yes, I do mind. Oh. I, I think the ones that there's there's also ones where um, bad ear day is also a good one where Mickey loses his ears, and most of the episode is done in a very muted sound <laughs> because he, he's lost his ears, and you're like. Wait, what's happened? Oh, he can't find his ears. But I enjoy uh, couple sweaters a lot as well. Oh, couple sweaters, yeah. <laughs> I I enjoy that one too. Because it's a whole new spin. Because the established cat is like Mickey loves Minnie no matter what she does, and then she has these awful couple sweaters that Mickey just can't stand. <laughs> they're, they're itchy. He's having an allergic reaction. His eye is getting swollen shut and he's like just can't stand the sweater uh it's just i think they they let things happen to mickey that don't normally happen to mickey he's i'm not, he's totally likable he still has his big smile he's still happy go lucky i mean there's one about movie night where he, there's a huge storm coming and mickey leaves the house cuz they're out of snacks completely oblivious that the world is collapsing around him. He's like, I'm going to have movie night with Minnie. It's going to be awesome. I just have to get these snacks and I'll just head home. 
And he gets that tunnel vision of, I'm on this one task and it's going to be a great night with Minnie. And then it just <laughs> kind of explodes from there. <laughs> but they let him, I don't, I don't want to say that they let him be dumb, but they let him get in his own way. They let him, they let him be normal in that mm. sense that I'm so focused on this that I'm missing everything else. Who can't relate to just wanting snacks and like leaving the house in a bad decision? It's like, didn't you know it's a level three snow emergency? Like, but there's oh. ice cream at the store. <laughs> Why are you having ice cream? It's freezing cold. I really just have to have ice cream. Okay, first of all, dramaturgically, it's always a good time of year for ice cream. Just saying. <laughs> all right, fine. Now, while these, these Mickey Mouse shorts are happening, there is another Mickey Mouse short that got made, which was Get a Horse, mm-hmm. also in 2013. But it was produced theatrically, um, shown with Frozen, and it actually goes back to Mickey's roots. It does. It kind of... It's, it, we mentioned Wizard of Oz earlier. This is very much as Wizard of Oz. Like It starts in a um, square aspect ratio in a black and white Mickey Mouse cartoon with like everyone dancing up and down, like fun stuff happening, cool. Um, and as this short progresses, they get in a disagreement with Pete, and he knocks Mickey so hard, he knocks him into Tomorrow, which is outside the movie screen and onto the, the front stage of the theater. And so they kind of play with the physics of this whole thing, and it kind of, he brushes the curtains aside and, like, makes it widescreen so you can see the full thing so Pete can't hide behind the curtains. And they play with, like, filmmaking of film going forward, film going backward, and the character kind of conscious of this the whole time. It's very interesting. I think it's a it's a great short. It was nominated for the Academy Award. It did not mm-hmm. win. It did, um, which is crazy to me in retrospect. Just just the scene where all the characters are two D when they're in the film. They're black and white in two D animation. They anytime they leave the screen and end up in the quote unquote theater, they're in color and three D. And there's a point where the chase happens where they're coming out of the screen into the theater, back into the screen, and out in a circle that is just flawless. And it's I just feel just for that astounding. Just for that alone, it would have been like, yeah, here you go. Like just <laughs> just that ten seconds of twelve characters running through is just is just remarkable to see. Um, it's jarring in a really good, satisfying way. Um, but it goes back to the roots because you're starting with, uh, and for the longest time, they said that they found this animated short in the Disney vault. Like, like <laughs> that's, that's, that's the narrative that they said. Like, there's this, we found it, and they used recordings of Walt Disney as Mickey Mouse to voice Mickey Mouse for the animated short. So they were trying to create this narrative of we found this old short. And yeah, it looks like it, but there's a couple parts where it's like, uh, I don't think they would have done that in 1920s. (laughs) You know, just in the very beginning. 
but then they that it's is really surprising when you see Mickey come out and like wait what just happened <laughs> they and that's one another part of the Disney back to the roots of technology and story and character and surprise and just taking the situation to its logical next steps and playing with well what are the expectations of this and how can we play with the expectations of this and they let mickey be likable and cute and mischievous 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 full of mischief and wonder Which brings us to, is there anything else you wanted to say about Get a Horse? Uh, I think that's the extent of mine, my comments. Which brings us to, and I don't know if you had a chance to watch any episodes. I could not find them. For Mickey and the Roadsters? Of Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Roadster Racers, I'm sorry. So, yes, uh, Mickey and the Roadster Racers, which... Now that Mickey Mouse Clubhouse has formally ended, this is the current series that Mickey is in, where Mickey is a mechanic in his roadster shop in Hot Dog Hills, and he, Goofy, Donald, Minnie, um, and Daisy uh, go on these races around the world and race their roadsters. and uh, Like you do. Like, like you do. It feels a little strange. Um, the pacing feels much different than Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, it's actually funny. There's some funny things. <laughs> it's close to DuckTales in the sense that they have the um, dog-like characters that populate the city of Duckburg for all the non-duck characters you know, that, that have the long goofy like ears sometimes and the, and the black noses and different things. And everyone is a dog or a duck or some kind of animal. Mm-hmm. So they, they actually have a world that's populated with people that we haven't met. They have generic characters walking around this world. Um, and the car racing thing, I'm never, I was never into cars Jack's not too into cars, so he's kind of like weirded out by the racing, but he likes the stories. And like I said, they're generally funny, but it's it's the racing cars that Jack is a little thrown by. Hmm. But it's okay. uh, I think Mickey has taken another back seat to two things yeah. in here. He's taken a back seat to a concept and also the other characters are funnier than him again. And is this aimed at a younger audience also like yeah. clubhouse? Okay. I feel like it ages it up a little bit. I think it's, if you like hot wheels and are possibly a little older than four, I feel like <laughs> Mickey mouse clubhouse is three and four preschool. I think Roadster Racers is right around five, six, seven. It tries to be a little bit in that older range. They have some cool looking toys. Okay. 
that turn into their roadsters because they have their regular car and they use a remote control and that remote control um, zaps their cars and it turns into the roadster. And um, Jack tries to pretend that he has a remote control, but he makes a gesture that looks like a gun. And he's like, and he just goes, and I was like, what is that? He's like, that's my remote. It changed my roadster. I'm like, we need to find a different hand gesture and a different sound effect. I can see what he's going for of like the, the magic poof of like, now exactly. I'm a roadster. Yeah. And, and this is the, this, his thumb is the antenna and this is him pointing at, and it's like, that's, I, I, I totally get behind that. That's what you're doing. But I said, no one else in the world will think that you're making a remote to turn your roadster. And, that would be uh, bad at school. Yeah, I was like, please do not use your remote at school. It's a special remote that only works at home. <laughs> <laughs> so out of the entire history of Mickey, if you had to pick one favorite thing, what would it be? Um, I, I think it would be, for me... Mickey is best when he is sheepish. So I would have to say probably my favorite thing is something that we didn't, in all Mickeydom, has to be close to Sorcerer's Apprentice stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the end of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Mickey giving the hat back. I think that's my favorite single oh. single Mickey moment of... Hey, please! I know I did a bad thing, but you still like me, right? <laughs> right? We're we're cool, right? Here's your hat. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna take these buckets and I'm gonna keep. I'm I'm gonna get some water. You need some water? I think you need some. Like that that Mickey moment of, I got this. I'll take care of it. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Is I think that's the essence of mickey that he gets that's another tunnel vision mickey moment like i just really want to do magic and do good things for the world but i'm not willing to wait and learn i'm just going to take the hat and get my chores done and when mickey gets a little bit of hubris (laughs) stay in your place mouse see i think i like the exact opposite of like when mickey is trying to do something good and it backfires on him in unexpected ways. Mm. Um, two examples in the Runaway Brain Short, when he's forgotten Minnie's anniversary, and he sees a newspaper with Mindy Golf, and he holds it up like, I had a plan to along. We're going to go, look, we're going to do this. And he holds up the newspaper with Mini Golf, but then the bottom half unfolds with a giant ad for a Hawaiian vacation, and Minnie sees that and assumes they're going to Hawaii. Yes. Like, I like the unexpected backfire and the prince and prince and the popper taking a bone from a dog so he can, like, play fetch with the dog and the dog just turning on him for stealing <laughs> his bone. <laughs> I know, technically not Mickey, but same idea. I do, I do enjoy the look on the princess because he, like, hits him on the <laughs> nose with the yeah, bone, like, like pay hey, attention. Hey, hey, go get it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, those are those are some really good moments. <laughs> so, I I'm I look forward to when we do some more character studies like this and go through. I'm sure at some point we might have to do bugs, which oh, have we? I feel like we've hit a lot of the points of bugs, but we'll we'll see. We'll see who we who we should talk about next. If you have an idea on which character deserves this treatment, uh, you know, this in-depth character study, somebody who's been around a long time. We've done Scooby-Doo. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about Scooby-Doo. So we did Scooby. The whole, that was like 60 the whole episodes gang. ago. I know it's been a, been a while. So you can go back and listen to to that. But trying to figure out the evolution of these characters. I, I feel like we've done Homer and Bart and Lisa enough, <laughs> a little bit. If not in one episode, across like 10 episodes, yeah. <laughs> so, should we talk about our homework time for next time? Let's do. Next time on Raiders Get Animated, we're going to talk about one of the um, Oscar-nominated feature animated films from this past award season, um, which we did not get to see before the awards actually happened. We're going to talk about My Life as a Zucchini, or in the original title, um, Ma v- uh, Courgette. There's Courgette in there somewhere. That's what I remember. Whatever it's actually called. La Vie Courgette. La Vie and Rose Courgette. I don't know. Um, but My Life as a Zucchini in the dubbed English release. Watch which, that. Which is now actually getting released. Long yeah. after it didn't win the Oscar. Yeah. But still supposed to be really good. And I'm still excited to see it. <laughs> as am I. <laughs> uh as always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Catch us on the web. Give us your ideas for show topics on Twitter, at WG Animated, or on Facebook.com slash WG Animated. And we will have links to all these things that you might be able to watch as much Mickey stuff as possible at our Tumblr writersgetanimated.tumblr.com Bum, bum, bum. I was going to say, M-I-C. See you real soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. But then I didn't want to do that. And then you did. And then I did. M-O-U. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. I'm done. <laughs>